Welcome to Helping of Happiness, episode number 111. Today we have Chris and Jesse Corner from the Oven Love Bake Shop going to talk to us about how to chase your dreams as an entrepreneur. Hi, you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I'm your host, Hilary Hess, a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to eat and loves to travel. Mom life can be exhausting, hectic, and scary at times. So let's take this journey together. We can love, we can learn, we can laugh, we can cry, and we can become better friends while we're at it. Jesse and Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hey. It is just a super treat for me to have you on because you are just so amazing, such dear to my heart, friends, and I'm just really excited to share kind of your entrepreneurial journeys, and in some ways, I think a lot of people are kind of rethinking what they're wanting to do with their lives. If they got furloughed from a job, or maybe they're realizing their job isn't as essential as they thought, maybe they want to try something new, or drum up a new side hustle, and so I'd love to hear kind of what is going on with you guys, what has worked, what has been a total flop, if you don't mind sharing like funny flops, not like sad things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but first, before we start, I want to hear all of, let's just talk all about your family. I'd love to introduce you a little bit better to our friends listening. Well, we are Chris and Jesse. We've been married for almost 12 years now, and we've got four kids. They range from four to 10 in age, three boys, one girl, and it's it's a whole lot of fun in our house. A lot of noise, a lot of chaos, but a lot of fun. We were talking a little bit before about how it's kind of being in this quarantine has been like wonderful and also super hard too because you're cooped up with all of them, but also you get this great mom time. It's especially hard on Jess because I still go to the office and interact with three. Now we just hired someone, so three other adults, and Jesse is interacting with four little children all day. So with no outlet, usually, you know, she's always doing that, but usually she goes on play dates and, you know, goes on lunch dates and goes out with her friends, but there's none of that lately. There's just not really a break, right? It's just kind of the constant trying to figure out you're the entertainment committee. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Let's, let's take care of these children. Although I have given them new jobs. They have jobs that they do each week. And I feel like I'm winning in that department because my eight-year-old daughter, she volunteered to be lunch helper every day. So the past two days in a row, she has made everyone lunch and it has been wonderful. Oh, that is the very best. I I feel like that's been the one job that I've loved to pass off as well because everybody is always hungry all the time. And it's like, I can't make myself go into the kitchen and make one more snack. It's just going to kill me. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Be willing to help and I'm going to use that as often as possible. So let's talk a little bit about kind of all the fun little new business, old business, small business, everything that you guys are doing. I'm really excited, especially to talk about Jesse's delicious, delicious oven love bake bars that you've been making and selling. And I just tell us a little bit about that. They're so tasty. And this is coming from a food blogger. So I know food, like that's my jam. (laughs) I've I've had the pleasure of tasting some of your baked goods and they are excellent too. So I'm definitely taking that as a compliment. Um, But this is kind of my first 
my first business, I, I started a, a little pseudo bakery out of my home in college. And I, I did like one Super Bowl party for a random person. And that was it. I just <laughs> then, but we're trying this now. So we kind of got started. We found out Lucas was going to start having a farmer's market. And so Chris was like, it would be really fun to have a family business. And I, we thought about it. Something that I like to do. I like to make treats. I feel like it makes people happy. Um, and it's kind of my way of showing my love for someone else. So we decided to go with that. And Oven Love Bake Shop is the name we chose. And we did the, the farmer's market in October, November, and then the country Christmas in December. And I had a bunch of stuff left over. And I was like, I, I can't just do farmer's markets. It's not, it's not going to work. Like I need more than that. So we launched this website on January 2nd of this year. And it's just been, it's been really fun. It's, um, it's something that's close to my heart because I love to send people stuff. Like birthdays are a big deal to me. So sending them things, I was on 1-800-Flowers and I had like an annual membership there. You pay like $30 and you get free shipping on all your orders that year. Um, but it was still expensive. Like it was still like $45 per gift. So this was my way of kind of making it more accessible for people to send love to their loved ones. Like if you get a four pack for 10 bucks and shipping's $9, that's 20 bucks or less for a birthday gift for someone. And that was something that was, that was meaningful to me. Yeah, so. I think we wanted to keep under the $20 price point to make it accessible for anyone. To right. Right. That was, that was important. So. Well, and they're so delicious. Like such a great gift when you get something in the mail, that's not only specially and your wrapping is so cute too. I love your little stickers that are on there. Me and my daughter were just ooing and eyeing over them. They're so cute. But when you get something really quality in the mail too, and not just some junky treat that you get for under 20 bucks that it just feels like it's made with love when you taste your bars. So I think that's super fun. That's awesome. Thank you for saying that. But yeah, it's, it's been a fun, a fun project so far. It's been fun watching it grow and, and, you know, people get excited about it. And that's really, um, I don't know. It just makes me feel really good. <laughs> yeah. What are some other businesses that you guys have had in the past? I know you've done all kinds of different things. The list is so long. It's probably better to ask what, <laughs> what businesses haven't we done in the past? Um, so we've sold uh, beef from cows that we raised in our backyard. Uh -huh. We've sold iPhone parts. We've fixed iPhones out of a store. Mm -hmm. um, oh, there was one time in college where Chris sent out flyers for um, lawn care. And then he got calls and he was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I never did one. Job. I was like, oh, yeah, I hate mowing the lawn. Why did I start this business? Um, website where we um sold we created a marketplace for students to sell their used textbooks textbookcrook.com mm -hmm. because yeah. we, we stole the competition from the bookstores that was our, our <laughs> that never really went anywhere no um, it was a good idea but we've done a lot in e-commerce yeah um, for like 10 years now we've been selling stuff online um and we're still doing it right so we um with our our one business that really was our bread and butter for a lot of years, it started to take a turn and we ended up having to bring it home. And I was the one fulfilling orders every day. I was 
when the kids were getting home, I was in the garage packing orders and then rushing to the post office before it closed. And I feel like that was a really good um, training period for me, like getting me ready to do this project. Mm -hmm. So yeah, everything happens for a reason, I think. Yeah. Okay, so we have to talk about the quarter cow story a little bit. Yeah. Can we tell yeah. that? <laughs> so I guess for a little bit of background, Chris and I took a business class together. And as I was just kind of barely getting going with the blog and the podcast, and Chris was doing, like, we were all supposed to do, like, these new business ideas, whether we did the real business or a fake business. But I loved your story about your quarter cows and what you were doing with that. Yeah, so we, we live on a couple acres. And so the back acre, we wanted to have animals. And so I bought some cows and I just wanted to test, you know, how it would go shipping meat across the country to people who wanted grass-fed beef. And to this day, I know it's a good idea. I know it would work, but it was just such a pain to manage. Um, I mean, I'm talking about spending hours in the yard trying to tie a lasso around a cow's neck, <laughs> physically pull them into a trailer, take it. Oh, and oh, then I, I, I don't know. I told you this part of the story. Did I tell you about what happened on the way to the butcher? Oh, I don't know. I know that you, when you were like needing freezer space and it was like insane. So tell that story. Tell it from so the that beginning. That story is nothing compared to this. So <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was taking two like 1,500 pound cows to the butcher, pulling him in a trailer in my truck. And I had replaced one of the floorboards of this animal trailer. And the cow, while I was driving, had stomped it. And it had gone through the floorboard and I didn't know it. I was driving with Brady. I wanted my, he was three at the time, to see like the whole experience. Not like actually slaughtering the cow, but dropping it <laughs> Come off. Come in the, the cow. <laughs> <laughs> And so we're driving down this country road in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and this lady in a minivan, it's like a two-lane road, and there's no passing or anything. She, like, pulls up next to me and is, like, flagging me down, and I'm like, what is going on? And she's, like, pointing to my trailer, and I was like, okay, yeah, I know there's cows in there. Like, I look back, yep, they're still there. And then I pull over just to check on them, and it, one of the cows had kicked through the new floorboard, and its foot was dragging on the road. Oh, no! And there was like blood everywhere. Oh and no! Was, like, mortified. So I had to go in there with it. And there were two, and I was afraid they would like trample me. I and mean, there were literally 3,000 pounds worth of cows between the two of them. And I had to pull its ankle out of the floorboard and just put it so it wasn't dragging anymore. Anyway, thankfully oh, that for him. Poor cow. I guess he was on the way yeah. to the slaughterhouse, but that's but, not a very fun way to go. No. No. So it's after so that whole experience and then trying to manage everything the, the meat sold in a day we sold all the cow like i know there's demand for it but it was such a hassle and i was gonna have to go try to find land to get more cows and i was like okay all right this is check this box try it don't like it on to the next i think we're still eating meat from that cow. we still are yep yeah well that's we're, good that you had that because everyone else has been in this big meat shortage so that was probably yeah. perfectly i mean that you had that right we had some last night, actually. Did. Yep. Oh my goodness, that poor cow. <laughs> oh, I love it. So when you're first getting started in your businesses, do you have like a first step of what you try to do when you get going? Or is it just like all creativity for you guys? What do you... I think for Chris, he likes to test the market. Like whether he's got the product or not yet, he wants to 
put out feelers to see if people are interested. Like just recently with the whole pandemic, there was a shortage of trampolines. So he found out he could get trampolines from China for really cheap, but he wanted to put out feelers to see how many people are interested. Yeah, so I posted an ad, an ad on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace selling a trampoline and I just like marked it up 2X and I got like 180 uh, messages, people just saying like, I want it, I want it, I want it. Um, but I never, it was just going to be too big of an investment. I never ended up buying them, but it's just stuff like that. We like, like I have an idea right now to sell sandals with a lifetime warranty. And basically the whole business model is you'll sell. Cause I always have flip flops that break right? all the time. I have to buy new flip flops like every six months. Maybe I don't know how to wear them properly. <laughs> Probably um, just the nature of the flip flop. <laughs> right. So I had the idea to sell flip flops for like $40 and then offer a lifetime warranty for any reason whatsoever with just like a $10 processing fee. And so right now I'm in the process of testing that, which is putting up a website, uh, paying for some ads to drive traffic to it and seeing if that marketing gimmick of lifetime warranty actually drives traffic or not. And if it doesn't, then I'll never launch it. If it does, then I'll order some sandals from China and see how it goes. You are like really good at your research set. That's what it kind of comes down to, right? You love to do that market research. Well, the more research, the less risk, I think. So, yeah. What do you, what's your next step then? I guess you test your market and then you just start going for it or what do you do next? Yeah, basically you find out if it's worthwhile and then you really dig in. So where are your places that you guys like to advertise the most? Currently, I'm only doing social media, which I don't think is super effective. It's somewhat effective. People are seeing it. And when I do make a post, usually there are a couple sales and a few visits to the website. But um, I, haven't, I haven't paid for many ads that way yet. I think word of mouth has done a lot of good for my business. But yeah, that's something I'm, I'm trying to figure out. He's telling me I need to utilize my mailing list. So that's something I'm going to look in, into next. So many different ways to do it. So what about your kids? Do you have your kids involved in your business? You were saying you, you, your kids are walking in from school and you're packaging things. Are you guys roping them in to help sleeve the cookies or do any of that or help sell? Or they, are you guys doing this completely on your own? A little, we, we involve them where we can. Like I'll, I'll pay the kids to put stickers on the bars and, and stuff like that, but they are just more anxious to hang out with me and eat the scraps. So <laughs> uh, they don't, they don't help with baking or, or shipping or anything like that yet. But I imagine as they get older, cause like we said, our oldest is 10. Yeah. They're so all young. Set with those little ones. It's not, it's not where we'd like it to be yet. Yeah. It's one thing if we're like cooking dinner and you want, even though it's harder when they help at this age, you know, you still want to let them help for the experience. But when it's a business and, you know, they're. You don't want your quality of product yeah. to be going down because too many hands are in the mix. Literally. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then no, they're, they're good helpers. They, they hang out and they're willing to step up and make lunch. Like my daughter's done the past couple of days. If mom's in the middle of baking something or. See, and I think that that is helping with the business when they're helping with the family life, when you guys are doing the work. I think that that's really awesome. 
So how do you balance it then? If you're both doing different businesses, you've got kids to take care of. What are, do you have any tips and tricks for how you kind of balance all that? Not yet. Like, honestly, <laughs> I wish I did. I am grateful that my business keeps me in the kitchen. You know, like we've got a big great room where we spend most of our time during the day. So the kids hang out at the island or the kitchen table or the living room. And I, I still get to see them and interact with them while I'm working on things or like just this afternoon I was packaging a couple orders in the laundry room and my 10 year old came in and was showing me some artwork and and working on drawing a picture just in there with me and I was like hey thanks for hanging out with me right now and it's I feel like because I'm at home it's still I'm still able to be present for them for the most part and it's not it's not an all-day thing either it's probably about a half a part-time job at this point with some exceptions with with some exceptions i've gotten in over my head with this a couple times and, and then Mother, it's mother's been, day yes mother's day and then um valentine's day oh, yeah. I, I had to pull a couple all-nighters all-nighters but it's fun it's fun chris does his marathons and that's what energizes him but for me i feel a lot of a lot of fulfillment when i'm able to complete when when someone buys some bars and I can send it to them and I, I can feel good about what I'm sending them. It, it's fulfilling. Yeah. I was going to say that's kind of my love language too. I love to bake things for people that they enjoy eating. That is just really a lot of fun for me. So I completely understand what you're talking about with that, whether it's for sale or for not, I'm just like, Oh, I hope they like eating this treat and it makes yeah. them happy. You know? Right. Right. You feel like it's a, a reflection on you and I, yeah. I want them to like it. Oh, I love that. Okay, so what do you do because owning your business can be really stressful at times because it's all on you, right, as the business owner? Chris, you talked a little bit about, or Jesse mentioned that you do marathons. Is that kind of your way to de-stress from the business or are there other ways that you guys do that? Yeah, that's one of them. Um, it just It's a lot of time to think and just ponder everything going on and, and yeah, just de-stress, get some endorphins going. Um, it's been good for that. Definitely. We also like to take breaks, you know, like work hard, play hard. We like to go on trips with our family. Like I think that's probably one of our, our favorite things is just sharing experiences and having adventures, whether it's in Allen in a Creek under an overpass or, you know, in at the beach or in Europe, like we just love, to go and do and and have fun together just soul sisters we like to bake we like to travel there's just so many things <laughs> that's my best way to de-stress too is to just take on a total other experience being stressed in a different way than my everyday life but <laughs> is there anything else that you guys wanted to share any other funny moments in businesses tell her about the valentine's day Oh yeah. So I, <laughs> so the school, our school, Hart Elementary does a campus camp out. The three elementary schools in the Lovejoy ISD do it as a way to raise money for, for the school, for the PTA. I'm not really sure. I can't remember. We don't really know what the money's for. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just know that they reached out to me and asked me to do a fundraiser for the camp out in February. And I was excited. I was like, yes, I'm brand new. Like, I want to get my name out there. Let's do it. And so I agreed to do it for our school. But then I got this genius idea 
why don't I reach out to the other two schools in our district as well? It was a genius idea. Well, it was a genius was. idea, but I was unprepared. Um, <laughs> So the idea was people would come to my website and I had special Valentine's packaging for them and um, they could order one, two or three treats to be delivered to their student's teacher, their child, anyone at the school, or they could order treats that they could pick up and take home with them as well. So it was super exciting. Like I sent it out and they sent out a flyer to all this, the parents and stuff and they did it several times. So there was a lot of um, a lot of publicity and the orders started coming in and I loved it. Like at that point I had maybe like 35 orders total, like from January 2nd until then. Um, I got over 150 orders in less than two weeks for a total of 900 cookie bars that had to be delivered to four different schools well, on the same morning. Handwritten <laughs> notes, highly customized, individually packaged, like. It was a lot. It was a whole lot. But luckily, you know, I, I kept a spreadsheet going of like what bars I needed and where the treats were going, which school, which teacher. I had to figure out how to like get them all packaged and then organize them so that they could go to the right teacher in the right grade at the right school. It was, it was intense. It was so much, but it was, it was really rewarding. You know, like I stayed up all night, two nights in a row and I still had to do like, I was your mom for my fourth graders class. So I still had to run his class party that day and everything. <laughs> like it was just, Crazy. it was intense, but we made it and it felt really good to be able to like put a stamp on that and be like mission accomplished. It was good. Lots of friends came. Like I had five or six friends came over and spent the day with me, like helping me package the orders. And Chris, Chris pulled almost an all-nighter too. I think he got like two hours of sleep maybe, but yeah, we're a good team. I love that about you guys. I love that you're a good team. I, I loved also that you, this is a different way besides just social media to get your name out there. I think that's a really cool idea to reach out. I mean, even if it's crazy and you're like getting way over your head, but I think that's how you learn and that's how you grow. Sometimes you have to do the crazy to get out there, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. And I think we look back on our marriage of those times, like in life or business where we've just felt completely overwhelmed and stressed out and like, we almost like crave that because of what comes after it, like how much you grow from it. So anytime we're presented with any opportunity, like let's go do this crazy thing or that crazy thing, or let's try it. Let's do it. Let's just do it. And it'll <laughs> work out. And if it doesn't, we'll learn from it, you know? So that's just kind of our attitude with things in general, I guess, just stress yourself out and then learn from it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're so adventurous in that way though. I think that that's really fun and that you both want to do that. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it works that's out so much. Okay, is there anything else that I miss? Anything, so I guess, let's say your name of your shop one more time, Oven Love Bake Shop. And I'm gonna put a link in the yes. show notes to your site because I want everybody to go and order all the really oh. yummy things, eat all the yummy things. I really liked, was, is it your monthly one that you were saying is the raspberry one that's going on right now? Yes. yes, the monthly featured treat for June. So I'm excited. I found some really fun ones for the rest of, well, almost the rest of the year, actually. Like, we're going to do a, um, a lemon blueberry cream pie for July that I'm really mm. excited about. So, 
yeah, lots of fun things. Sounds so good. And then your, what's it called? Flutter butter, fluffer butter? Fluffer nutter. Fluffer nutter. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I know I'm getting it wrong. So oh, that, that one's so good too. What are some of your other favorites that people order a lot? Do you have some favorite flavors? I do. I, like, I love the fluffer nutter, but I hate how messy it is. Like, I cannot figure <laughs> out a way to package it so it doesn't look like a big mess. So that's, I got to work on that. But the oatmeal cream pies are actually super popular, which was a surprise to me. And then salted caramel is another. Oh yeah, that one's really good. I had that one. Yes. I like them, but I'm a chocolate girl. Like give me Mm -hmm. the chocolate. So I don't know. The brownies are all fun. I like the brownies a lot, but they're not shipping super well in the summer heat. So I'm trying to steer people away from them currently. But that is the trick when you're from Texas and you have to ship things places and it's hot and they're all melted, right? Yes, luckily, luckily, this guy of mine, he is working on a business where he's shipping frozen things. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of irons in the fire I'm right now. <laughs> ship, I'm, I imported butter from New Zealand and I'm <laughs> shipping that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's butter that we would never buy because it's very expensive. But yeah. Some people buy it. It's so. like four dollars a stick. No, I think. it's like seven. Per stick. Though. Oh yeah. 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 It's seven dollars for half a pound. Yeah. So there's a company that makes it, and I ship it for them. Um, like he sets up the website and lets creates creates e-commerce opportunities for them that they wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah. So, yeah. So people buy butter online. Who would have thought? Especially for seven dollars, half pound from New Zealand. Oh. That's just so oh. crazy, right? Yeah. probably expensive shipping too it's very expensive yeah but that's what's so fun i think about you guys is that you're ready to find the adventure wherever you can find it you know there's there's always some way to hustle something so i think that's so much fun (laughs) because never in my wildest dreams would i ever think of being the e-commerce person for butter in right (laughs) me either yeah but some there are other things like meat pies also from new zealand no australia australia oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it well that is a hot commodity there they love their meat pies there i actually had a guest on from australia and that's her favorite thing it's those meat pies are her favorite they must be good. They must be good. Maybe we need to ship some here and taste them out. <laughs> so are you guys ready for our three helpful and happy questions? Yes. You ready for those? Okay. So this ties in the podcast, which is housed on our blog with the other things on our blog, which are family recipes, food again, me and Jesse, and the best, your travel, because we talk about family travel, and then homemaking hacks. So are you guys ready for number one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> what is your favorite food or meal? Oven love bake shop bars. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I love, I love the bars. Like if I had to choose, it would probably be a dessert, but honestly, I just love food. I love getting a meal and I'm happy. Um, if I had to choose a genre, I'd probably be Italian. I love Italian food, but I can't narrow it down. Like, I can't choose pizza over, you know, an amazing pasta dish. Like, what about those seafood nachos? And seafood, they're they're great. I love them, but I can't <laughs> say they're my favorite. She makes these melted roasting potatoes mm-hmm. that are unreal. That's they're my really favorite. Good. I'm a potato guy. So. Mm. Also, See, I'm like you. I like all kinds of food. Also, why I have to run. Like, I just, I enjoy 
eating so much. I, I have to be active. Seriously, I just joined Camp Gladiator because I'm like, I've got to have an outlet for for all of these wonderful things that I want to eat. I need to find a way to to keep <laughs> myself in check. Yes. But it's all things. Like I love salads and I love lettuce wraps and I love steak and I love any, like all things. It's just yeah. as long as it's made delicious, I love it. So yeah, agreed. Okay, so what is the best trip that you've ever gone on or dream vacation or both? Okay, Chris is not going to agree with me on this one, but <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. We took, so he surprised me with a two-week trip to Europe with all four of our children and his mom. And it was awesome. Like, it was so great. We flew into Paris and we rented a car and the plan was to drive from Paris to Greece and then back. That's a very long drive. It's a very, it's like a 30 yeah. hour drive. Yep. Um, but we were stopping in so Vienna. Lots of stops on the way, I'm sure. Yes. yes, Vienna and Budapest and, you know, several, several places along the way. But we ended up getting to the border of Serbia and they wouldn't let us pass through Serbia. Which wouldn't let us. They, they said, nope, you can't go through here. And so we had to turn around and completely rearrange our plans. And we ended up spending, um, a big chunk of our time in Italy instead of Greece. Greece is significant because that was, I did study abroad in Greece as a, uh, in college and I learned Greek and it's just, that's my favorite place. Um, so I was really disappointed, but the time spent in Italy was awesome. Like we absolutely loved it. It was so kid friendly and we had so many great experiences. Um, so yeah, that, that's my favorite trip. So now you just need to go to Greece again. So it will be yeah. just fine. <laughs> right, right. It'll happen someday. Not right now, but someday. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It was stressful. It was fun. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> At that point, our kids were one, three, five, and seven. So they were really little. And the vehicle was very small. Yes, the vehicle was small. And there was one extra person, which his mom was awesome. Like, she was really helpful. We got to go on lots of little dates here and there. Um, while she hung out with the kids so that was that was really nice but overall it was just it was a great adventure we love doing adventurous things and that was that was one of them and you will never forget not being able to go through Serbia that will be such a great memory right yep. it was so hard his mom was like cheering in the back seat she wanted to go to Italy so badly it was hard for me not to like cry my eyes out so but it worked it was good literally was wonderful so what about you, Chris? What would be your favorite? I would like to go to um, New Zealand. That would be a dream. Yes. Go see there. your butter in person that you're shipping <laughs> everywhere. Absolutely. The cows, yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Oh, that would be fun. My grandparents served a mission in New Zealand and it's just so gorgeous. My parents and sisters went to see him and I felt so gypped. I didn't go on that trip, but oh, what a gorgeous, gorgeous place. Okay, are you ready for our last one? Yep. Yeah. Hey, do you guys have a homemaking hack for us? I do. I I meal plan. Like I plan probably oh, six meals at a time and I'll get all the meat. Like I just did it recently. Like yesterday I was getting all my chicken marinated and in the freezer, but I'll do about six weeks at a time and I'll prep all the meat. So when it's that big, I can just pull it out and we can grill it or cook it up or whatever. And that has been a lifesaver for me. Like we don't, we don't eat out very much. We, we eat a lot of meals at home. 
So that makes it possible for me to not be like stressed out every evening trying to figure out what we're going to eat. So how many hours does it take you to prep meat for six weeks? Is that like an all day affair or are you just really fast? No, I'm not. I have no speed. That is not my, (laughs) my skill in life. Um, but no, it, it takes hours, but it's still just like, but it's worth it for six weeks of peace. Oh, great idea. And I'm in the kitchen and my kids are around. So it's not, I don't feel like I'm missing out on too much, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's helpful. And, and yeah. yeah it's so is the meat like the main thing of your plan? You just plan the protein and then you just kind of figure out sides to go with it? Or do you plan out like the whole thing of what you're going to do? Um, usually I, I come up with like the entrees. Like I've got all the main dishes for the next six weeks figured out. And then weekly I'll place a Walmart pickup order for like the sides that we need to go with it, whether it's rice or a salad or a frozen veggie that will steam or whatever. So yeah, it, it helps make it simpler. That is amazing. I need to do that. I need to do that even for three weeks out, but six weeks out would just be incredible. I feel like it would free up so much of my brain for other things of not having to think about what to make for dinner every night. Yes. No, it's, it's, it's definitely helpful. I'm, that's one thing that I feel like I've got under control. That's awesome. That's awesome. Many of us don't. Oh my goodness. I've loved talking with you guys so much. This has been such a treat for me to have you on here and introduce you to our friends listening. You guys just inspire me so much. Fun. It's fun to talk about. Like there aren't many people who can understand this crazy life that we live. You know, not a lot of people are willing to take the risk and start a business, but I feel like you are someone who can relate. I, I love your podcast. I feel like a celebrity getting to be on it. Oh, I'm so glad. Yay. Yay. Well, you guys have been so encouraging. That's what's been so fun is just being cheered on by friends when it's hard. You know, having your own business is really tough. And you guys make it sound really cheerful and fun. But I know you guys have really hard times, too. It's just the nature of work, right? Yeah. Yes. Also, your cook, your interview with the Cookie Rack founder was an inspiration for us. So. Oh, good! I'm so glad she's so cool. Yeah, yeah, she. I love her story of starting her own business. Man, that is. I'll have to link that up in the show notes too. But that that was, that was probably one. like over a year ago. That one was a while ago. Okay, you guys are awesome. Thanks, Hillary. Okay, talk to you later. Okay, right, bye. bye. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to learn more about Chris and Jesse, we're going to have links in our show notes to all the things that we've talked about, as well as the podcast that we had with Christy Halverson, the owner of the cookie rack that we talked about also in this podcast that was inspiring to Chris and Jesse in opening their own oven love bake shop. So I'm so excited that you were with us today. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you're listening through Apple podcasts, please head over and rate review and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And those rating and reviews really help us to move up the chart. And more than anything, just really helps us to know how we are doing for you as podcast people. So thank you so much for being with us. We'll talk to you next week.